We are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on November 15th, uh, the night after the Celtics took down the Oklahoma City Thunder. I just did an intro where I said from the rafters, but that's no longer the name of our podcast. So I started over, thought I'd fill you in. Um, Had a long day, Sam, and at the same time, a short day because I I took a nap from noon to four because I woke up at 630 to buy Taylor Swift's tickets. Jack, Uh, who woke up at a somewhat (laughs) normal time today. Not used to it. Not I was up at five fifteen, just so you know. Yeah, can't do it. No, I, mean, I didn't fall asleep. <clears throat> All right, buddy, come on. I also didn't fall asleep till like three thirty, so we're talking like three hours of sleep. I was exhausted. That's fair. Um, yeah, and uh, we did get the tickets though. By the way, secured the Taylor Swift tickets. Clutch. Very happy. Good brother moment. You, you were know. part of the big charade on Twitter today, where I don't know what happened, but I I knew there was a sale enough to when you texted mm-hmm. me that you were buying tickets, I knew what it was for. Yeah, well, I mean, you you had to sign up for like pre-registration and only like certain people got the like <clears throat> code to pre-register and buy the pre-sale ones. My mom yeah. didn't get it. My my brother didn't get it. My sister who wants the tickets didn't get it. So it was all like rested on my shoulders and I, I came in clutch. It was like a buzzer beater. <laughs> you know, we hit it. We got the tickets secured. Um, one for my sister, one for my girlfriend, one for me. If my girlfriend wants to bring me instead of a friend, I love Taylor Swift as much as the next guy, so can't complain. Uh, you know, she has the bangers, uh, love story, all time classic. Um, but also, all while this is going on, I can't hear out of my right ear, completely clogged, nothing, complete silence. Need to go get that fixed because it's uh, it's tough. It's like a, it's like a muffler. It's like I'm constantly having to pop my ears from the airplane. It's just uh, dead silence. It's, uh, unfortunate does it hurt no it doesn't hurt it's just I, I assume it's just wax it's happened to me before and i just had to go to like urgent care and they like flushed it out with water and stuff um i tried this like droplets thing you can buy at cvs like you can buy this little earwax dissolving thing and uh that didn't work so i'm i'm just out of luck and i've got to go to urgent care now uh, if you move your fine. mouth around like if you like play with your jaw does it fix it no no it's just no. wax and I, I tried like the dissolving solution, but nothing. So it, it's it's not the end of the world. It's happening. That'll before. happen to me every once in a while. You you uh, sleep on it, you get up, and it's just stuck. Yeah, it's brutal. It's tough. I have these like uh, <clears throat> I have a myriad of remedies. I have like this removal kit. I have these like ear cleaners. Nothing works. It all just like shoves it further back. So you gotta, you gotta use gotta the old fashioned Q tip, and you just get in. Nah, Q tip just shoves it back. I just smack my mic. Apologies for the listeners, but uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Brutal. You say tomato, I say tomato. I mean, <laughs> listen, it works for me. All right. Well, it is what it is. Uh, let's get to the Celtics. They've heard enough about my ears and Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> um, usually when we record these, we were going to record Sunday. I had a lazy Sunday. That's on me. Hands up. Um, you deserve a lazy day every once yeah. in a while, Jack. I mean, you work pretty hard. <laughs> you don't leave it. the house much, but you, you do. you do work hard. I do. I do. I've been leaving the house more too. We've been getting we out got there. You to leave Sunday. <laughs> we did. I've been going into Boston, going to some games. Mm-hmm. That counts. So usually when we record after a few games, we go in chronological order. But I feel like we should just start with the Thunder game because I, I think it was the most relevant. Like the Nuggets game was good. We can talk about all the good things they did. Pistons game was obviously an all-time JT game. Tatum played great. Um, but I think this Thunder game, ironically enough, was one of the more notable wins of the season for the Celtics and not because it was like they they 
beat a good team, but it's because of how they managed to win the game. I don't think they deserve to win the game. I think they were very clearly the worst team on the floor, um, which shouldn't be the case. But the fact that I saw Keith tweet this out, he tweeted the 2021 Celtics, like the beginning of the year Celtics last year, lose that game 10 times out of 10. And this year they didn't. They they kept fighting. Um, they battled through the crap that they dealt with and not saying, you know, the refs were the crap, saying how they dealt with the refs. The way they dealt with the situation was bad and they fought through it. Um, and they won the game. Uh, big fourth quarter for Marcus Smart, who we can talk about later, but I was very happy with the Thunder win in terms of how they managed to grind it out. Obviously, there were a lot of things that, you need to criticize because they were bad in a lot of areas, but the fact that they can win a game where they also play poorly speaks to how great and talented this team is. I think. Yeah. Monday's win was really great. You had a comeback win, which is my favorite thing to watch. Obviously you have to be upset before you get the happiness at the end there. <laughs> um, you know, they finally get them to get their head out of their ass, start playing well. Uh -huh. And it was classic. You know, you had two and a half, three quarters of just, lazy lethargic basketball from the Celtics and then they turned it around Marcus Smart Peyton Pritchard both kind of led the charge Smart got it going kind of but couldn't get any help on defense like they weren't getting any stops in the third quarter when he was putting the ball in the basket and he was the only one then Pritchard stepped up and made some shots which is good for him happy to see Pritchard playing well man I'm telling you he he's just he, there there is no winning in this though for him we can get into it a bit later, but like when Brogdon comes back, like there's still no spot for him. There's nothing yeah. he could really do except for like break one of his teammates' leg to get rotation minutes right now. It, it's, I don't it's think sad. <laughs> Full on karate kid painting. Yeah, he would have to yeah, sweep the <laughs> leg. But it was really great to see just a, uh, a nice energized team in the fourth quarter. The crowd was into it. Probably the loudest the building's been all season, ironically enough, mm -hmm. against the Thunder on a Monday. <laughs> um, but, but they pulled it out. They got excellent stops down the stretch. They turned them over seven times in the fourth quarter. Unreal. Giddy was careless with the ball, which was crazy. I mean, that was they, they were just taking it off him. Like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they shot an efficient, I think it was 62% in the fourth quarter, which is good when you couldn't buy a basket the whole game, 50% from three. Yeah, I mean, Celtics have been a good fourth quarter team all year, which really just hasn't been the case in years past. Like, you think back to two years ago, like in the bubble. <laughs> blowing... I couldn't. I... <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, and I'm looking myself on the screen, and it's making me laugh even more. <laughs> uh... <laughs> We're, I'm just going to leave this in. I don't even care anymore. Sam and I have had to cut about four times because sam's internet froze and we, i'm leaving this in we come back and he just sends me a twitter meme like of michael scott react i mean like uh it's just we've been laughing for like five minutes trying to get the recording going we left off when sam's internet cut out again talking don't, about don't Celtics. don't buy Linksys. don't set yourself up with verizon don't do verizon. it Verizon. i'll continue to bash them yeah, Xfinity is good. My Xfinity has done me good since I've, I've gotten it for myself. But uh, we're Let's talking say, about you, you paid game. for your own Wi-Fi. Worth every penny. Worth every single penny. I've had yeah. no internet issues since then. <laughs> it's been a beautiful thing. Uh, I have, uh, <clears throat> what's it called? When you plug directly in Ethernet. Ethernet, Ethernet now. I have that to my Xbox. I don't do it for this. Maybe I should start doing it for this. Maybe you should. Just unplug it from your Xbox, plug it yeah. into your computer when you do it. Maybe it'd be worth there it. There you go. We were talking about the Thunder game um, and how they came back. 
um, in the fourth quarter. They've been a good fourth quarter team all year, which hasn't been the case in years past. Uh, and I, I also did, I wanted to talk about the first few quarters. Uh, I was honestly surprised that you said you thought it was a good game from them because I assumed you'd come in here and being like, no, they should have dominated. No, I thought I, I said I thought it was horrible through the first three quarters, but yeah. I love a comeback. And to get to a comeback, you have to play like trash. I mean, sure. The best game I've ever been to is game two of the Nets series last year, and they played like trash for most of yeah. the first half, and it was incredible. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree. And I, I wanted to highlight the Jason Tatum thing. Um, obviously, Jason Tatum picked up a tech earlier in the second quarter, uh, already got rescinded by the NBA because it just wasn't a technical foul. But I think if you there, – there's two ways of looking at that Jason Tatum tech. I think you can look at it and say the refs are biased against the Celtics, but the way I think you should look at it and the way I think it portrays itself – is the Celtics have earned a bad reputation with the referees. They've earned it. They've complained too much. Um, They let the refs get in their heads. They play bad basketball when they focus on the refs. uh, And the refs have picked up on that because they just annoy them all the time. They complain about every single call. uh, And Jason Tatum has earned that reputation. Now, that wasn't a tech. It got rescinded. They shouldn't have gotten a point on the board for it. They shouldn't have taken a free throw. Tatum wasn't reacting to it. But the fact that he has the track record that he does has all led him up to this point. I mean, you look into the first quarter, Grant Williams going to tech five minutes into the game because the refs are so done with his talking. Like he's done with just like the Celtics have earned this bad ref uh, ref reputation. I think we did an entire podcast where I titled a portion of it. The Celtics bad referee reputation. Like they, they constantly complain. It happened all throughout last year. Tatum got ejected from a preseason game because of how much he complains. Uh, and that was like a good culmination of it. He's second in the league in technical fouls this year behind only Kevin Durant and Draymond. He has four this season in 13 games. Tatum needs to cut it. Grant Williams needs to cut it even more because he's got three this season as a role player. You look at the names around him. It's like Luka, Giannis, not Giannis, Luka, Tatum, LeBron, you know, Durant, Draymond, and then Grant Williams. Well, usually that's elite company. Usually it's like Grant's like the first player to ever do this specific combination of things in a game. And it's like all like stats that really don't matter, but like all at once. Yeah, and it's like LeBron or Kareem Mm -hmm. and and like Grant, but this is just him getting texts. Yeah, he's got to chill. The Celtics have earned a bad reputation, uh, and they they let the referees get to them way too much, and that is the reason Tatum got that tech. It wasn't a tech. It got rescinded, rightfully so, but he earned it from the way he's acted for the past two years with the referees. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a new thing. They need to stop. As As a fan watching the games, it's annoying. Uh, as a fan watching the games that wants him to win, it's annoying because you're giving away free points. Regardless if he has to pay the fine, they they very well could have lost that game. It was close because of mm-hmm. the point that they gave up. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it just needs to stop, dude. Like Gorman said it on the radio last week on Toucher and Rich. He said, and in the game's history, a referee has never overturned a call because they've complained. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and the Celtics need to learn that and they won't learn it. And I mean, you saw Al Horford yelling at him last night because of how Good. much they were complaining. I agree. Uh, he was the reason they were able to get back into that game. I think um, at least from a, a mentality perspective, like obviously there were on court stuff that we can talk about, but the referee thing has to stop. Tatum is bad, but Grant is easily the worst. Like first five minutes of the game, whether or not it was a foul, 
you barking at a ref is just like there's no point like you said like they're not going to turn the call over especially you know five minutes into the game uh here in the check and then him going like what what did i do stop yelling at the ref dude like (laughs) i don't know what to tell you he's been phenomenal this season you can't say enough good stuff about grant the way he's evolved his game he can shoot threes he can drive off the dribble his ability to drive closeouts has created so many offensive chances for the Celtics years this year so many open threes so many open cuts so much great offense um on top of the great defense that he plays but he's just got to stop complaining to the refs and it's it's as much as it is a matter of he's a role player he shouldn't be talking even if he was like a superstar he still talks too much right like it's it's that level well, we that. started talking about Tatum so there you go exactly exactly and then we transitioned to Grant because that's how bad it is but uh, Tatum who is the odds favorite for the MVP now I there told you, you all the loyal listeners before the season I said bet him for MVP he yes, he, he was primed for it. the team just made the finals he was the best guy on the team he had a monster second half of the season last season he even told Embiid he better win the award last year or he was going to win it this year I mean he's yep. just balling out man even yesterday what did he have like 28 and 7 or something like that and it was a down night for him after going ballistic in Detroit yeah, he had 27 and 10, actually. I think he had 10 boards. Yeah. That's great. <clears throat> what you need from him. Um, Sometimes you just get overshadowed by the captain, you know? Yeah, and not we can talk about this briefly, too, before we get into Smart and Pritchard, because I want to talk about both okay. of them, too. Not only 27 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist, three steals, three blocks. That yeah. is what's going to win him the MVP award. <clears throat> I mean, they had a ton 10. of steals yesterday. Oh, they yeah. had 11 before I think they really started turning the thunder over in the they fourth quarter. They had 15 quarter. steals. Yeah. 15 steals which is crazy. And the the reason Tatum is where he is in the MVP race is because of that defense, right? Like three steals, three blocks is one thing, but the way he's been completely locked in on that side of the ball this year in, in the Grizzlies game, you saw him play in the Rob role. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back because I, I wrote about that in the preseason, how that should be an option. Uh, he's taking on top tier matchups as in guarding John Morant. He, he's guarding the star player of the other team uh, while also giving them 40, um, he's just completely locked in. He's blocking more shots than ever before the season. His timing has been impeccable. He is, it, it hasn't fully made up for it, obviously, because Robert Williams is so great, but he has done a great job of like at least filling in that role a little bit in terms of a shot blocker for Boston. Um, and he's in the passing lanes. He's hustling on that end. The defense is what's going to win him the MVP uh, as much as the offense is. He just looks so much more athletic to me right now. I feel like he's been dunking the ball a lot more this season too. Not not to stray away from the defense because the reason I bring it up is because Rob's super athletic. That's why he's good in that role. Yeah. But I mean, he dunked twice yesterday. The one dunk he had off the the dish from Smart in the fourth quarter was just crazy. He just turned and dunked from like halfway yeah. up the paint off two feet. Nothing, no problem. They couldn't even stop him. Like they had no chance. It was so quick. It was like a two K animation. When when you're just waiting for it, and you just dunk, and your guy just goes right up, and they can't stop you. That's what it was. He he had the easiest two-handed dunk to tie the game, I think. And mm, yeah, I mean, he's just a freak, man. He's he's doing everything. Like you said, three steals, three blocks, ten rebounds. What else do you want out of him? And he's been efficient. He's not even last night was down night for him efficiently, efficiency wise. Uh missed a lot of threes. But up up to this point, it feels like he hasn't been missing that many shots or or he hasn't been forcing shots. The shots he's getting are better. You're getting to the free throw line more, which is a huge boost, which makes him more valuable to me because it's easy. Those are easy looks. 
easy free throws. That's why they call them free throws. And you're getting more of them. Three more this year, at least the last time I checked, than he was getting last year. Um, the complaining definitely didn't work, but it's good that he actually can finish layups now, too. Yeah. 6.2 free throws last year, 9.1 this year. Yeah. Um, and those that I mean, that three is a big jump that puts him in the top tier uh, of free throw shooters in the NBA. Not everybody's getting to the line nine times a game like that. That's an elite club right now. The only players averaging more free throws than him are Giannis, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant. And then it's Tatum at 9.1. Like elite that company. is an elite club. <laughs> elite club. And the only people averaging over 10 are Giannis, Embiid and Luka who are the best at drawing fouls in the NBA. Uh, and you can be mad at the, the Embiid ones, but. I mean, he earns them, right? Like, he's that dominant in the post. Like, there's not really much you can do to stop him. So, a lot of falling down for Embiid. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, Tatum also shooting 86.6% at the line, uh, which is not, it, it would be, no, it wouldn't be a career high. 86.8 is a career high. So, he's on par with the best he shot, which is good. So, shout out to Tatum. Uh, like you said, front runner for MVP right now on betting sites, uh, which is incredible. And I think a big part of that is he's been so consistent in playing every game. Like Giannis has missed a couple games. Uh, Luca's team isn't as good as Celtics Celtics, by the way, best record in the NBA. How about that? 11 and three. Incredible. <clears throat> good stuff from yep. them without Rob, without Rob uh, and without Gallinari, who everyone thought mm. would be a big piece. Of yeah, I, I don't count that. He never <laughs> he didn't on play team. I know. I know, but I'm just, just pointing it out that they have that extra weapon when they need it. Um, um before we get into the fun stuff, let's loop back yes. around to where you started with saying last season that was not a game they would have won. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I saw it on Twitter today. They are six and two in clutch games, and the NBA website confirms that. Uh, last season, 13 and 22 in clutch situations. Second worst in the league. Second worst in the league. I wrote about it today on uh, mm-hmm. Hardwood Houdini. Go look at it. I posted some Facebook group. So we'll see, you know, they'll love that. But uh, seriously, that's such a huge improvement. The field goal percentage is up like 12 points, I believe, from that last year. They're shooting like 52% now. It was only like 40. If I'm not, I might be getting stats mixed up, but I'm pretty sure that's true. That is such a huge improvement. That is the difference between losing in the finals and winning in the finals. Just look at the game four they dropped. They choked that game. They lost it in the clutch because they couldn't convert. They chucked a bunch of threes, but at the end of the day, it really was just them not converting. They didn't get stops. They didn't score. Then they lost the game. That's how it went this season. They've only lost two games in the clutch, both to the, geez, both to the (laughs) Cavs, both in overtime. And the second one, they really just kind of gave it their all and just came out second. Like that's just how it was. The the first game at home, there's more complaints to be had, but the game they lost on the road was just kind of like you, you gave it everything you had. You, you didn't come out on top. It's going to happen yeah. to you every once in a while. But if you're a fan of this team, you should be excited by this. This is showing you the team is more mature now. They are able to calm down and execute down the stretch. You saw them outclass a team that's young yesterday when it mattered. Marcus Smart taking over in the fourth quarter, which we'll get to momentarily, getting good shots. They took, I want to say, 21 shots in the fourth. Eight of them were threes. And they made half the threes. That's pretty good. 
that, that's not overly relying on the three. That is probably an appropriate amount, especially considering how poorly <laughs> they shot yesterday. Yeah. 27% for the game. And before the fourth quarter, it was even worse than that. It was real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you got me to tweet out the office video yesterday. It's it's not good. You see that they're not shooting well. Phenomenal video, though. You just yeah. go to the video. Oh, Love it's that. fantastic. It's great. That that was maybe one of my best tweets ever. The first time I did that, yeah, I love I, it. I, I, I had, had it. That was the I've day they uh, shot all the threes against the Clippers, and they missed all mm-hmm. of them. And they yep. said we're going to shoot more. <laughs> I've yoinked the video before. It's it's good. It's a good video. But uh, yeah, in in the clutch this season, the Celtics have been great. Jason Tatum himself has the sixth most points, uh, fifth most points in the clutch of any player. In the NBA, excuse me, as I hiccup my way through the sentence. Um, he's got 31 points in the clutch this year. Only players with more are De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Again, pretty good company. And the only person you can say, oh, maybe he's, why is he up there is De'Aaron Fox? That's because he's shooting 64% in the clutch and 57% from three. He's been great. What do you um, think of the Kings, like, laser that they shoot in the sky? I think it's cool. I don't really care. I mean... That, that that sort of stuff never bothers me. I feel like as much as it bothers you, uh, that doesn't bother me. Just because it's the Kings and it's like, I mean, they, they don't have much, much <laughs> going on. That's what I'm saying. You gotta it, let it, them it, have it. it. Other teams, it would probably piss me off. But the, I, I'm rooting for the Kings this season, despite them being knuckleheads and real dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, me too. we're gonna give up Halliburton for this guy that's like, all right, Sabonis. Like people yeah. say he's good, hey. but I'm not convinced he's a good. He's not going to change your franchise. No. He's not worth no. the price they paid for him. No, and I but said that when it happened. 100. I did too. And, you did um, too. Tim did not. Tim Tim disagreed. I'm throwing him under the bus. No, I I, I disagreed to some extent. I I don't. Maybe it was me you're thinking of. No, it I was said... Tim because I have people bring it up to me still. <laughs> I said that at the time. Sabonis was the better player. I don't think he is anymore. I think Halberton has kind of emerged quick. as the better player. Yeah, it was quick, but <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, <clears throat> that Kings team wasn't working. You can say, oh, they didn't give it enough time. They, they've had 16 years of not giving it enough time. So they, they did something drastic. Um, don't they, think they it- really, they really <laughs> timed up their shot there. You know, they were like, all right, we're going to yeah. do when all these other teams are good. <laughs> They, they didn't really wait. They they weren't very pa- – well, they kind of were patient, but, like, at the same time, they weren't. They saw Wimbenyama. Very Yama bad and... time to go all in if you're the Kings. Yeah, yeah they saw Wimbenyama in the next draft class. They're like, no, nah, we're going to win this year. Are we're... they in playoff position right now if, if yeah. today in November they're... the season ended one month in? They're getting – they've won three in a row, six out of their last ten. They're currently ninth in the West. Um, So th- they're climbing their way back up the ladder. Mm, oh, we'll give them COVID. some credit. <clears throat> Uh-oh. No bueno. Um, It'll be fine. <clears throat> But yeah, they are climbing their way back up the ladder. They deserve some credit for that. Um, Darren Fox has been having I'm rooting a phenomenal for season. I'm rooting yeah. for them, and I'm rooting for the Pistons. The Pistons, I, I to no avail yet. Pistons, not very good. <laughs> but the Kings, they have decent players on that team. It's just the rest of the conference yeah. is real good. We did the preseason rankings, and it was really tough to put them above many teams. A lot mm-hmm. of teams and- in the West are good. Yeah, and I, I think the big reason why they've been better is Jaron Fox has improved. He's averaging 25, again, five rebounds, six assists, shooting almost 38% from three, which wasn't happening last year. Um, they're getting a lot out of Kevin Herter, who they traded for, which we both thought was a good trade. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 16 points for them, shooting 50% from three on seven attempts a game. Like, he's been phenomenal. Their rookie, Keegan Murray, has been great for them. Yes, he um, has. Malik Monk, another offseason addition we talked about. 
Um, they had a really successful offseason and they're reaping the rewards of it. So I, I genuinely they finally think... hit on a draft pick. Exactly. Exactly. And a draft pick most people thought was awful, right? Like most people slandered them for the Keegan Murray. He was a good player in college. He he was good I at agree. Iowa. I, I backed the pick when it happened. It's a better fit. Um, and I think his floor is probably higher than Ivy's floor. I don't think his ceiling's as high, but it is what it is. We'll see. Anyways, we'll wrap back around to the Celtics. That was maybe a little bit too much Kings talk for a Celtics. Hey, I, I held my own there with the uh, you, you non-Celtics the talk. talk. You led the talk. Um, let's talk about Peyton Pritchard a little bit. Oh, I think we didn't do played... Marcus yet. We can, we can finish with him then. How about that? Yeah, we can talk Marcus after Pritchard. That's a big that was... tease. <laughs> it was Sam in my agenda. To, to absolutely just salivate over Marcus Smart. Hey, me too. I wrote an article about it. and it's, It was I on my agenda, too. but not, I want to talk it's about it. not out till the morning. Be on the lookout. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Pritchard has been, <laughs> as weird as this is to say, the best offensive rebounder the Celtics have, first of all, um, completely changed the course of that Thunder game alongside Derek White. Marcus Smart gave both of them uh, the credit. I just said Derek White like Stewie Griffin would have said it by accident. That's how Gorman like says it. <laughs> yeah, Derek White. Um, Pritchard's been great. I know we we touched on him earlier talking about how he doesn't really have a path to regular rotational minutes. It sucks. Um, it does suck. But I will say, if Peyton Pritchard keeps playing like this, it will become increasingly harder not to find a spot for him in the rotation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not saying he's better than Brogdon, better than White, better than Smart. But finding minutes for him will become less of, ah, we just can't really do it, and more of, all right, we kind of have to do it. He's been the spark that has won them the Nuggets game, I would argue, even though they were in control. Like, he, he was a big spark in that game. He was, I would say, the main reason they were able to come back in that uh, Thunder game. He played all right against the Pistons, um, but he's been a very much-needed spark off the bench for the Celtics uh, through a couple games where they looked really sluggish, and I think that's important. And I, like I said, I think it'll be hard for Joe Mazzulla to keep him out of the rotation for much longer, even when Brogdon comes back. See, I think it it's hard, but like, th- there's just no room unless Hauser falls off a cliff, which he's he's yeah. trying. <laughs> See, he's not been great since we yeah. hyped him up. I'll say that. But even then, like Pritchard doesn't have the size to defend like Hauser does. Yeah. Like, at least you can put Hauser out there and rely on him to defend. But one thing good. Pritchard does that Hauser doesn't do is create. He he can shoot off the dribble, get to the basket. We saw him play well in the playoffs last season. I feel terribly for Peyton Pritchard because he's doing everything right. You said he's the best offensive rebounder on the team. He's playing his ass off. He's working really hard trying to do anything he can. Just look at the play at the end of the third quarter yesterday where he was up pressing, stole the ball, and laid it in to, to beat the buzzer. I mean, where where is he going to find minutes, though? It's such That's such a like kick in the nuts because he's done everything you could ask. And throughout his career, he's always been solid. There's never been a time where you could really be like, wow, this guy sucks, except maybe the finals. But like, you could say that for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Just about everybody on the team was bad in the finals. So it's tough. You're going to end up seeing the Celtics trade him unless uh, catastrophe injury happens, which you don't want to see. I don't know if they're going to trade him this season. They very well might not because the extension or pickup of the option, whatever it was to where he'll make more money next year. And you can trade him and get more value back with a more lucrative contract, whatever. They, they can match bigger money. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But it's I just agree. horrible, man. Like, it sucks. He led them back partly on Monday against the Thunder. He was a big spark there. Played excellent 
in the Nuggets game, like you said, again, was a spark hitting the offensive glass. He Mm -hmm. deserves better than sitting on the end of the bench. He does. He's proven he's an NBA player throughout his whole career. I already said it. He's he's fine. It just sucks to have probably the most stacked guard rotation in the league. It just (laughs) happens to be behind it. Yeah, and that's why I said I think it'll be harder for Missoula to keep him out of the rotation because as great as Brogdon is, as great as White is, as obviously great as Marcus Smart is and has been this season, which we'll talk about, you need the spark. And if the Celtics are sluggish one day, you throw Brayton Pritchard in and he gives you the spark. And uh, he was hitting big shots against the Thunder too. Um, Obviously, he had that big step back at the end of the shot clock, deep, deep from three, and you know he can pull those. Um, I don't even know if Sam Hauser can hit those type of threes. I assume he cans, but that's like Pritchard's specialty. He hits from deep. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Like you said, it sucks, and they might end up trading him, but there's only so much you can do. He's going to end up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to give – someone's going to pay for him. He's a good player. He's good enough. He he could be a backup on a lot of teams. The Lakers mm-hmm. would kill for somebody like him right now. Yeah. Orlando would kill for somebody True. like him. Minnesota. 100%. Couldn't agree more. I think you're totally right. Uh, it's just, it sucks. It is what it is right now. I, um, I wonder where else could trade for him realistically. Like what I, I went through and I did Minnesota and Orlando. I don't think the Celtics would deal him to LA. I just don't think they would try and help the Lakers. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think the Lakers have anybody that, the that, that, that too. I mean, Houston maybe would want him. I mean, you look at teams, um, that need shooting, <laughs> excuse me, could potentially need guard play. The Clippers, maybe. Yeah. Um, John Wall, Reggie Jackson, but still, uh, the Wizards might actually have a use for him in the guard rotation for some extra shooting. Uh, the Raptors could use an extra guard behind Van Fleet. Uh, maybe you trade him for Kem Birch to get an extra center, but that's obviously not not the uh, sexiest of trades if you're the Celtics. <laughs> I feel like Celtics fans might not be too happy with that. Um, past that, though, there just aren't a lot of teams uh, that could give the Celtics something they need for Pritchard. I mean, there's the Vanderbilt trade with Utah, but I don't think they're going to trade Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I like, uh, <laughs> like you could look for Reed out of Minnesota, maybe, but like, yeah, he's their backup, but they mm-hmm. have towns and Gobert who can interchange at the center position. Yeah. Mo Bamba was a name that I threw out there, but the money doesn't work. You'd have to throw in Gallinari. Yeah. But the reason is because Bull Bowl's like actually playing well enough to yeah. keep him out of the rotation. Yeah. Bamba's also, he's just been rough the past couple of years. And mm. I mean, Bull Bowl's been good, but if Bull Bowl's taking your rotation spot on the Magic, it's probably a bit telling. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see what happens with Pritchard. It sucks, but uh, the way the way the business goes, I suppose. Uh, let's talk about Marcus Smart. Uh, All right. Positive note. He's been absolutely incredible this season. Um, like I said, I wrote an article about it for Celtics blog. Sam mentioned he wrote an article as well uh, for Hardwood. Who do you need that? You said it's not out yet, but it's coming out. He's been one of the best point guards in the NBA, bar none. Like <laughs> you look at point guards, there are currently three point guards. I probably regurgitated this stat a bunch of times. Three point guards in the NBA averaging seven plus assists and less than two turnovers. They are Chris Paul. Mike Conley, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Those are your point guards. Chris Paul, a point guard who's widely regarded as one of the best in NBA history. Mike Conley, a one-time All-Star who's been a consistent face on playoff team after playoff team after playoff team in the Western Conference. He he deserves uh, better than one All-Star appearance. He does. He Conley does. And then throughout his career solid, like you said. 100%. And then there's Marcus Smart, who Celtics fans themselves continue to say isn't a point guard when he's putting up 
just incredible. Not the numbers. smart ones. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not the smart not. ones. No, I'll pun tell intended. you what. Last night, first thing I did was send a picture to my friend who who's a dummy. He he doesn't think Marcus Smart is very good. Still, yeah, he still doesn't. Still tells crazy. Me that. Crazy. Um, I mean, He's like, there's a reason like the, the fan base is split. And I'm like, yeah, all the dummies think the same way you do. It's the people <laughs> that don't watch. Uh, but it's funny because he actually most of the time will know what he's talking about. But smart, fantastic Monday night against Oklahoma City. One of the best games oh, of his career, maybe. We've been saying that time and time again this season. We've said that like four different times. This season. Which is good. We said that. No, yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, the Pistons game was great. You look back to the Grizzlies game was great. Um, the next the game. Thunder. The Knicks game, yeah, against the uh, the Thunder. Wait, what? Oh, sorry, I saw ten points. That's because I was looking at the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, fourth quarter, fourth ten quarter. points, four of four from the field, four assists, totaled nineteen created points in that quarter of the thirty-seven. Phenomenal. Just, I mean, throughout the game, even twenty-six. Uh, excuse me, twenty-two, five, eight, and a block. Um, he did have three turnovers. That's his worst turnover game in a long time. <laughs> like. He's been phenomenal. And for all those out there who say he shoots too much, eight of 12 from the field, one of two from three. There's yeah. your Marcus Mark. Should have been he's, two of three, but he stepped on the kicked. line in yeah. the fourth. Yeah. So it would have been two of three. Um, so Marcus Smart is good. There you go. There you he, go. He's been, he's just been so consistent. And like you say, Jack, he's not chucking. He's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Even, even the four shots he took in the fourth quarter, Two of them would have been threes if his foot wasn't on the line. But he's getting inside. He's using his body. He got himself to the line mm-hmm. as well. He's a great player out of the post. And they've the actually used him that way so far this season. You saw it yesterday. You saw him post up and hit a fadeaway. You saw him drive with pretty much the game on the line, hit Gilgis yeah. Alexander with a spin, and finish with that left hand that he calls a bucket. He made it's, a couple shots with the left yesterday. He, he's correct. He did everything. He he's done mm-hmm. everything. I don't know how you can still be upset with him. I'm I'm happy to see that he found his footing. He did have a slow start to the season. You can't deny it. He was not very good for oh, yeah. the first six games. He shot like 32% from the field, 22% from deep. The assist numbers were below what they are now for sure. It was like 5.8, I want to say. And mm-hmm. the turnovers were up a bit. Yeah. Since November has come around, he's up to 12 points. Uh, almost 13 almost eight assists per game the shooting splits are both up he's shooting 48 percent from the field now and 36 percent from three for the month not total and the turnovers continue to be low he doesn't turn the ball over a lot for a guy that people love to say is careless he has never been a big turnover guy last season we were always hearing about the assist to turnover ratio for smart he's 10th in the nba in assists per game this is a guy that people are saying can't be a starting point guard on a championship team. Really? He just was. <laughs> he, Almost. He, he should have been. If they should've could been. close a game, he would have been. I mean, he's going to get his number retired someday. These people are going to be beside themselves. Seething. They'll he be should seething. be the captain of this team, and they won't. They don't do captains for whatever reason. The Celtics don't do captains anymore. He's the glorified captain. He, this, this, this is what I wrote about. The Spoiler. Well, it's not really. This will be out by the time the article's out. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll come out tomorrow morning. He should be the captain of this team. The team hasn't had a captain yeah. since Rondo was traded in Smart's rookie year. He's done everything 
to earn that role. He's always been a good leader for the most part. He's always been outspoken. Last season, famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it, called everybody out at the beginning of the season. It took a while, but the team got their shit together, and they made a finals run because the ball started to move more, because he got a bigger role in the offense Mm -hmm. distributing the ball, and he wasn't just sitting in the corner being asked to shoot. When people, all they do is complain about him shooting. Of course he shouldn't be doing that. He should be distributing, which he's doing when he's at his best. At a high level. At a high high level. level. Joe Mazzulli yesterday said, what did he say exactly? You know what I'm going to say. It's like the the team thrives from his leadership and follows suit or whatever he said after the game about smart. Just saying how he is a leader. And as Mm -hmm. much as Pritchard impacted that game yesterday, and he did, he played excellent, gave everything he had off the bench. Before Pritchard got it together there, Smart was out there busting his ass too. Mm -hmm. He had a couple big plays in that third quarter where the team still couldn't get any momentum. He had a nice and one. He was driving hard, really trying to get the team back in the game and bring some energy. And thank goodness Pritchard came in and, and kind of followed suit because that team was dead in the water. And, and thankfully he got the opportunity to close it out. Mm-hmm. Magnificent fourth quarter after uh, meeting up with Mr. Fourth quarter himself, Isaiah Thomas earlier in the week. <laughs> there you go. But, but very happy to see him playing well, because that's probably, it might be my favorite player ever, which is saying a lot, but it's up there. Me too. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I the mean, guy rules. He deserves a title so he can get his number retired here. He's been here for nine. Mm-hmm. This is his ninth season with the Celtics. Yeah. I, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. doesn't seem like no. it. So, I mean, <laughs> no, the guy's got his hair green. Just got extended last offseason. Yeah. Celtics now, <clears throat> excuse me. By the way, how does that contract look? People are talking about paying Grant that much money. So there you go. There you go. Him and Rob got great contracts. Shout out Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Celtics, seven-game win streak right now. Marcus Smart over that seven-game win streak. <laughs> excuse me. 31 minutes a game. Uh, I'm rounding. 12 points. Three rebounds, eight assists, 1.6 turnovers, while shooting 49% from the field and 39% from three. <clears throat> Incredible. That's exactly what you want from Smart. Taking 10 shots a game, <clears throat> only 4.4 of them are threes, and he's shooting 39% on those threes. That mm. like that that it's not going to stay that way for the season. Like he's not going to shoot 39% for the season, but he has been absolutely incredible. Uh, he deserves his flowers. He's been amazing and. I, I mean, there's not enough good things you can say about his on-court leadership. Um, his defense is still there. The hustle, the big-time plays. He's one of the best post-up guards in the NBA. Um, Scal always says on the broadcast, deserves a ton of credit. The entire team very clearly respects him. Joe Mazzula trusts him to run the team. Um, shout out Marcus Smart. I, I will never understand uh, why people continue to hate on him. Also, he's like a great guy. <laughs> it's not exactly. like he's like a scumbag, right? Like He, exactly. he might be one of the nicest guys it seems like that it, that has been around the team. He always makes sure he's he's getting pictures with fans. Whoever mm-hmm. wants him to sign something, I've seen him go up into the stands before before a game and, and sign things and take pictures with people. He walks he, up into the loge. I've seen he donated him do donated a games cart to that hospital in Milwaukee over the summer. Yeah, through holiday and his wife. He does his charities. St- I mean, the, all these guys have charities, but I don't know. I always see his stuff. I always see it. Maybe he's just got a great uh, press team. Who knows? Regardless, all-time great guy, Marcus Smart. And another stat I have that I wrote in my article <clears throat> of assist combinations in the NBA, uh, two of the top six are Marcus Smart to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Halliburton to Buddy Heald leads the league. <clears throat> he's thrown 36 assists to Heald. Conley has thrown 33 to Markinen. Murray has thrown 32 to Jokic. Draymond has thrown 31 to Steph. Nestled in there at uh, number three and number six, 
smart to Tatum, 33 assists, smart to Brown, 31 assists. Like he's the only player in the top six uh, with multiple like names in there, like his name multiple times in that. Um, And the next most assist combination, I'm butchering that phrasing on the Celtics is 12. (laughs) <laughs> right like 12 assists to is the next most out of any combination smart has 30 with each of the jays like the the rhythm and the connection he has found with the leaders of the celtics uh, is unmatched and it's not something that a lot of players in the league have done uh, and he deserves a ton of credit for that as well tatum on the cut um jalen brown with off ball movement like the, the the offense is running through smart um and the best way to make sure that he doesn't shoot and jack up these shots like a lot of people hate for him is to put the ball in his hands and that's what the celtics have done over the past year and it has been <laughs> just an incredible run for smart and he deserves all the also, credit by the way yeah go ahead go ahead no no, no not for nothing topic. all these people that want like a different point guard or, or a superstar point guard besides the warriors mm-hmm. what is the last championship team where the best player was the point guard it like never happens. Mm-hmm. Good question. It, great it question. never happens. That's just it's not just how Steph. it works. It's really just Steph. You probably right? have to like go back the... to Isaiah Thomas with the Pistons. Yeah. Unless, unless I'm truly missing something. Unless, um, I mean, you count Chauncey Billups with the Pistons. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Chauncey Billups. But that was more of a well-rounded one. So, I mean, yeah. It is Seriously, it like it just doesn't happen. It's always like a solid guy that is a good distributor mm-hmm. or plays defense. Like he is like the perfect point guard for a championship mm-hmm. team. I mean, you and, look at back... that you have mega stars next to him, Tatum mm-hmm. and Brown. You have Rob who's super athletic and the human safety valve on offense. And Al Horford, who's always solid. I mean, he, he fits perfectly. What, what mm-hmm. are all these? I don't get why they're complaining. They just complain to complain. They're so used to hating the guy that they don't know how to act different. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. And I think when Marcus, uh, excuse me, when Malcolm Brogdon got traded to the team, a lot of people were like, "Oh, he'll be the starting point guard." And I think his presence has opened up Marcus Smart's ability to be a playmaker instead, because Brogdon is more of the scorer on offense. He obviously can play make two, and he's great with the ball in his hands. Um, but Smart doesn't have to worry about being that scoring guard because Malcolm Brogdon is more, the more aggressive player, while Marcus Smart can just focus on playmaking, and he's been amazing at that this season uh our friend kj i think two years ago i remember him saying you know all these championship teams usually have a guard averaging seven plus assists marcus is doing that this season right like that's how good and how big of a jump he's taken uh as a passer this year so he deserves that credit also while we're on the topic since we talked uh about a certain uh team earlier you know who leads the league in assists this season um oh halliburton (laughs) does yep 10.3 Kings yeah, fans crazy their heart out. <laughs> I, I looked uh just now Indiana's five hundred. <laughs> They're good. They're five hundred. <laughs> They're pretty good. Halliburton's like, ridiculous. Before the season, I might have them last. I think I did too. Yeah. I think I did too. I mean, just look at uh the way that team is playing. So far this season, Tyrese Halliburton is averaging twenty point five points, four point eight rebounds. 10.3 assists, shooting 48.3% of the field, 42.9% from three. Then you got the rookie Matherin averaging 20 points. You got Buddy Heald averaging 19. You got Miles Turner averaging 18. Jalen Smith averaging 11. <clears throat> Shout out the Pacers. I mean, they're playing I'll great basketball. I'll tell you basketball. what, before we completely wrap on Marcus, I'll be supremely impressed if tomorrow, Wednesday, when, when this releases, mm-hmm. he does not try too hard to to score in atlanta 
Why is that? Because he's coming off a monster offensive game for him. So mm-hmm. I don't want to see him going out there thinking he's Superman. That That is a legitimate knock on him. Do you think when, he when he plays well like this, I feel like he he has his his eyes are as big as his stomach. As, as he hasn't say. yet, no, he, he hasn't. hasn't yet. But he also so. hasn't had like a huge scoring game. His games that we've been massively impressed with have been him getting double doubles with sure. assists. Fair. Don't get me wrong; he scored in a couple of those games in Detroit. He had eighteen. He looked pretty good. He was pretty good against the Knicks, solid against Memphis too. Like he came out and scored like the first 10 points against Memphis, something crazy like that. Had a crazy first quarter and he didn't continue to like mm-hmm. chuck throughout the game. So that's a good thing. That's a good sign. But yeah, the people that don't like him or the people that are skeptic, I should say, not the people that don't like him, the people that are kind of level headed, but they have their doubts. That's one thing I hear is like, oh, like now he's going to come out and think he's he's Jordan or, or he, he's Steph. <laughs> like seriously. Valid. You know, <laughs> one... I, I hope, I hope mm-hmm. he comes out and just plays a, a controlled offensive game. If he has it yep. going, he has it going, and and they play through him or whatever. I really get excited when he's getting assists. That, that's when I'm the most excited. I think. Yeah, I, I do too. And the offenses look great. Uh, I I think the offenses look the best when he's been put in that spot, where where he can just like be the playmaker. But uh... yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I had. Yeah, you um, mentioned Scal earlier in the show. Scal sure. coming out dropping the bomb, kind of. Uh, that yes. uh, <laughs> should the Kyrie trade have not happened back in the summer of 2017, the Celtics would have had the Cavs pick, which was Colin Sexton the year after, number mm-hmm. eight. Scal says that they would have taken SGA with that pick, who lit them up for 37 points yesterday and almost stole the game. <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> Tough. Could have, would have, should is what I say. What are I you going to do? I will quote Sam on the thing he always says. If SGA was drafted to the Celtics, he would not be, would not have had the same opportunities that he had in LA and with the Thunder. Well, I will say this. If that trade had never happened, Isaiah Thomas still would have had a busted hip. Sure. Yep. Okay. So at the very least, he would have seen backup minutes behind Terry Rozier. He would have got some opportunity with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have. They still would have had Jay Crowder. <laughs> they still would have had that pick. Um, but I mean, if you really want to go nosedive, full on conspiracy theory, they never would have traded for Kyrie, uh, which means they probably never would have gotten Kemba, which means they never would have brought Al back. Maybe Al doesn't leave in the first place. I, but... I'm not convinced Al leaves in the first place without Kyrie. Sure, <laughs> that's because he said he wouldn't have left if he knew Kemba was coming. So, but so at there the you same go. time, <laughs> excuse me, at the same time, you never know if Tatum and Brown elevate to the level that they're at uh, if they don't have that season in the playoffs where it's Kyrie got hurt, no one was there. Um, <laughs> I'm very, I'll put it this way, I'm very happy with the timeline the Celtics are on right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm there's no reason to be that. complaining about what you got. What you got is pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Pretty and good. Like, I, we just talked good. about for 10, 15 minutes. You have a point guard that can be a, a solid starter mm-hmm. on a title team. He I'll put I I've said this a million times in articles. The Celtics spent years, Danny Ainge spent years trying to find a star point guard, and the one who led them to the finals was right under their nose. Well, he <laughs> like, drafted him. Exactly. Exactly. But he never got the opportunity to be also, the point not guard. for nothing. Pat on Ainge is back for uh would have picking, you know, hypothetically would have picked uh, yeah, yeah. Gilles Alexander. Good for him. That's the <laughs> first thing I thought. I wasn't angry. I was like, oh, people said he Danny can't draft. He would have had a good pick there. At least he knew the talent. Danny Danny Ainge was good at drafting when it was 
a top 10 pick. Other than that, questionable. <laughs> he really only hit on Rob was a good pick. Grant <laughs> yeah. was a good pick. Pritchard and Rogier. Was a good pick. And Rogier. So he has on, but I'll put it this way. It was in either his late a- years, he was better. Early, <laughs> was no. It was hit or miss. He either hit big time or he very much missed. Because yeah. I'm thinking of Romeo Langford. Garrison Yabase, like James Young. Shemi Ojale, who was all right for a couple of years, but uh, he was fine for like being a second round pick, whatever he was. Sure. Yeah. But alas, it is what it is. Um, I have on here Al Horford not playing back to backs. I don't think that's much news anymore. Brogdon, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Cause he it's only saying. funny because he said he, he was going to play back to backs and now he's like, obviously not playing them. Yeah. Missoula, but they list him as out like with like low back stiffness. Like nobody yeah. knows. Um, Brogdon questionable. Marcus Mark probable. Don't love seeing him on the Mark is going to play. I, I don't think I, I don't know. I think Brogdon's going to play too. I think this is a really big game for the Celtics against Atlanta. Atlanta's I don't know. Good. I think and they want to win this one. Atlanta usually hits them hard in Atlanta. Atlanta hits them hard and mm-hmm. you're on a seven game win streak. You want to mm-hmm. just keep once you get over like a certain number, you really want to keep winning. This is where it gets real fun to play <laughs> regular season always, games. Because not fun. only are you playing well, your opponents are going to come in and play well. So you're going to get some real tests. And Atlanta's good. They're good. Atlanta is good. They beat Milwaukee twice. Mm-hmm. One of them, they did not have Trey Young. Yeah. DeJounte Murray's good. Trey Young's great. John Collins plays playing well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The big issue probably will be the rebounding because Clint Capella's down there and he's good. Um, they've got a solid bench. Uh, yeah. Good, good squad in Atlanta. Um, last thing also, Jalen Brown this season. Um, Maybe not as a whole, but against the Thunder, I thought he was mm, not good. Like, you look at the box score, and it looks like a solid game from him. But watching, like, <laughs> the defense was bad. He got beat on, like, 90 off-ball cuts. Uh, he's not really locked in on I, I don't want to say that, but he's getting blown by a little too easily. He doesn't seem like the same defensive player he's been in years past. Um, and his field goal percentage was good. But he does not pass, and his shot selection is questionable. And he he finished with I think he had six assists, which is fine. But like, if you watch him play, you understand that most of those assists are him driving and kicking because he gets stuffed or something like that. Like he doesn't, he's not a very willing passer. Um, and the shot selection he takes at times, like in the fourth quarter, he took a really tough turnaround yeah. jump shot. Yep, that, he did, and I said, oh, <laughs> it went in. All right. It went in, still didn't like it. He took, after Giddy threw the ball off the backboard in the inbounds play, he took a contested corner three with 20 seconds yep. left on the shot yep. clock. That was awful. He took another step A lot step of back. untimely bad shots. Exactly. The possession after that turnaround jump shot I mentioned, he took another tough three that just was not necessary. Like, his shot selection is questionable. He's not a willing passer, and the defense has been rough. He's having a good season, and I think he'll be an all-star because of the stats. But I have been less than impressed with Jalen Brown over the past week or so. And I think that Thunder game kind of solidified most of the reasons why. Um, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but it like and the box score will tell you he played well. But if you watched, I I, I don't think it was a good Jalen Brown game. And we've been seeing Again, that a little bit too often. A lot of untimely mistakes. Yes. Those type of things make it difficult for you to come back or get going when you're playing poorly like they did against Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City. A prime example is that corner three you mentioned where they just get a free turnover. They were kind of punching back in the first half there, 
and he just pulls the three with no time taken off the clock, no effort to get a good shot. These are the kind of complaints I have about three-point shots. I think it's mostly Jalen there. No, 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 that's kind of an outlier. And last night, for the most part, it was, I mean, despite them missing all the shots, they were still mostly good shots, and I understand. Yes, that happens. you You always say in the flow of the offense, it works. Yes. The, when I have a problem with it is when you become kind of tone deaf to what's going on. Okay. <laughs> there was one time it might have been Brown took a shot right after OKC made a three to try and match. Would make a lot of sense if it was Brown. I don't remember exactly if it was him. Again, another time you've missed 80% of your threes or whatever it was at that point. Mm-hmm. And you continuously get offensive rebounds and you continue to miss. They miss three on the same possession. I think after the second one, you kind of have to work for something that's not a three. Sure. They were all good looks. They were all open. Mm-hmm. But you're down in a game. Again, you can't be tone deaf to what's going on with these threes. Mm-hmm. You you have to start. And it's tough because you're open. You're an NBA player. You think you can make it. When I'm open, I mm-hmm. think I can make it. And I'm me. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's it's tough to pass up shots, but there are times for it. I think Marcus did a great job of getting to the rim. I think Derek White did too, although he's been missing some bunnies. Um, And they shot 61%. (laughs) He did. He was a great tone setter with uh, Pritchard. Celtics shot 61% from two-point range against the Thunder. Um, Excuse me, 36 of 59. They took 37 threes, which sounds like a lot, but that's below average for them. Um, it's probably an average amount for the most, most NBA teams, but the Celtics are averaging 40. So I think they did notice it a little bit. Uh, smart did a good job in getting to the paint. So it is what it is. Uh, I just wanted to touch on Jalen Brown because I thought that was a pretty poor oh, that's performance a good point. for him. We didn't really talk about it. I got swept under the rug with, with, uh, because they won. Win. Yeah. If they had, if they had lost, I think it would have been talked about a little more, but oh yeah. Uh, anyways, I think that's all I got for today. I don't think, is there anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? No, I think we did good despite the technical difficulties, mm-hmm. right? I'll leave in the laughing in the middle of there. That was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did everything I could. I'm not sure how long this recording will be. Probably like 50 minutes. We've been recording for an hour and five minutes. so We, we did there. a good job for you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's your technical difficulties timeline, at least. My iPad just died at 73%. I got to tell you, this iPad is on its last leg. Brutal. I take this thing death. off the charger and it'll die instantly. It was just at 73% <laughs> and you can see it saying, please charge. You can kind of see it. I have my light there. So How old is it? it? Uh, it's like an iPad Air 2. So I've had it for like seven years. Wow. <laughs> that is old. No, it's Not a him. trooper. But you take it off the charger. It's got nothing. When I go That's downstairs brutal. to watch games, I have to bring my long charger so I can mm-hmm. use it. I always Big bring fan of the cords. iPad. I bring extension cords. When I'm in the house, I don't do the phone. It's fair. It's fair. Um, Yeah, I think that'll do it, though. I think uh, this is a good one. We, again, my bad for the no We went a while after a win, which usually doesn't happen. Usually when they win, it's very tough to do a show. Well, there was enough to complain about and enough to be happy about, I think, in the Thunder win. It was was the perfect win for a podcast. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it definitely was. (laughs) It was not. That was approaching turn the game off for me. It was bad. Which I never do. I never turn the game off. Yeah. But I, I was getting close. It was bad. And we didn't touch much on the Nuggets or Pistons game. Um, 
games. Excuse I mean, they were me, both excellent. <laughs> spoke for the themselves. Pistons game in particular. You didn't have Jalen Brown. You didn't have Al Horford. Grant Williams has a double double. Marcus Smart is a double double. Tatum has forty three mm-hmm. points and a double double. And what hey, if you, you want to hear more consistent thoughts from us, come to the pregame shows. <laughs> you know, we're there before almost every Celtics game, anyways. So if you want to hear our recaps, catch the pregame shows. We'll probably be recapping the previous game. So if you don't hear the Longport podcast, check that out over there. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. And I'll uh, I'll let Sam do the outro. If his internet can handle it, we shall see. All right. Thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching or on YouTube, make sure you leave a subscription there at Guy Boston. Or how about them C's or Celtics pod? Uh, leave a like, comment. We're trying to build the, the channel. We enjoy it. The shorts are good, too. You'll get them there. You also get them on at how about them C's, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Those clips, they'll be up there, short ones, if you don't want to listen to us for an hour. Uh, if you want to get more of us, you can follow Jack at Jack's Money NBA for all of his uh, musings and articles and his many tweets during the game. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance MBA for all of that, but less. That's our show for today. Bye. Chick-tackle. Come on. Tackle.